Let's count it down. A season one, two, three. Like instead of going three, two, one, you go one, two, season three. Yeah? One, two, season three. All right. Okay. One. Oh, it doesn't work if we both do it because then it cuts it out. So you go one, I go two. You go season, I go three. Okay. One. Two. Season. Three. <laughs> we are back for a third season of BDSM Reimagined. That's right. And it has been a while, Indy. It has. Oh. I don't even remember what you look like it's been that long. <laughs> That's true, actually. It has been like, almost a good year. I am so excited about season three. It's just going to be mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> and to start the season off, listeners, we've changed things around. We're going to actually start with the rambles, and that will lead us into our season. Rambly, rambly, rambly. Rambly, Okay. I think you need more time <laughs> by yourself, MD. I think we need more of a break. <laughs> Yes, we would like to update you with where we're at now, and we think this is a good uh, entry into the season. So sit back, get your popcorn or chocolate licorice if you're indie, and enjoy the show and season ahead. Yeah! (laughs) Woo! To start the rambles, Indy, what's been happening on your side of the oh, world? Because you're in oh. Sydney and there's been huge lockdowns oh. now. And oh, you're, you are where we were the last time we recorded this season. The tables have turned completely. Oh. <laughs> so, we, yeah, we went into lockdown the same week I was hospitalised and then <laughs> found out. <laughs> are you going to say that? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No shame, no shame. I've got no I shame. Was <laughs> I was hospitalised. And then I found out that I have to move from this gorgeous house that I've been renting. And I thought I was going to be here for years. So it fucked me up. <laughs> 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 and then, of course, the complacency in New South Wales where we all thought, ah, oh, no more COVID. No, it doesn't exist here. We're fine. I had to go through the whole process of, actually reckoning with it and going, oh, right, wait, yeah. Mm. And we're now at 1,500 cases a day. Mm. And just under three months of lockdown. Yeah. So I had a full-on breakdown, uh, which involved actually calling you in the middle of the night. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not all that broke down in D. Your sex drive also took a sharp turn for the worst. Mm. It just dove down into nothingness. Yeah, you. I mean, listeners indeed did contact me throughout the last few months, actually. And her interest, actually, in BDSM had just sort of, has just sort of plateaued and um, really just dropped off the radar. Mm. Yeah. So there was a because of everything else, I think that my resources were devoted elsewhere. Mm. <laughs> Very well put, Indy. <laughs> but baby, I'm back. 
have you actually had a session? I have. Mm. I did have a session. I enjoyed it. And I've had about a week of playing on and off with someone I'm regular with. Uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been good to get back into it. How about you, Michael? You threw that ball straight back at me. All right, I'll tell you along. <laughs> <laughs> so where am I at? Yes, I've also actually taken a bit of a nose dive as well. I've, I've become completely defeated by the scene. <laughs> oh. Just, oh. oh, many different things have happened. Um, on the Instagram scene, I have, I went through a huge uh, moment one night where I panicked. I went into this huge panic and when I I look back now, it came down from just too much, not knowing what to do with too much attention, but at the same time, doing things to get attention. I don't really feel any sympathy for you right now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I just felt, I think, the flavors of unable to stop doing something that you want to reduce. So on Instagram, I want to reduce my use. And I have in some, uh, it's very, it's actually very sneaky because I have in some ways, but in some ways I'm actually posting a lot more live things of me and just little snippets. Anyway, the, the thing is what I'm struggling with is Instagram in itself, uh, even outside of kink, just Instagram in itself, and this constant um, presence I have with it. I'm on it quite a lot. And at the same time, sort of really um, liking posts and pictures and attention that I put up. Because it's this weird headspace. So what I'm hearing is that there's attention for you about being on it, but then also feeling like there's ways in which you want to reduce. Mm. And just stop. I just, some, I just have this feeling of I'm just going to press the stop button and, you know, just. I met this guy. Uh, I went to Manchester Pride and I met this guy and a uh, beautiful guy, just beautiful eyes, actually, and the rest as well. And, um, Nothing like special, like nothing. Like he was special because he wasn't anything typically special, if you know what I mean. You had these beautiful men you see on Instagram, but he wasn't that. He was just so ordinary that he shone so brightly. And his eye, I drew attention to his eyes. And, he, and when, when I saw his eyes, bright blue, I just saw how beautiful he actually was. I saw him and I uh, just was completely vanilla with him. Did you meet this guy through Instagram? No, I met him at oh at a club at Manchester Pride on the dance floor, like the olden days. Mm. And um, it was very nice to be vanilla with him and not have a persona, truck persona. He played into some of that, like he liked my muscles, etc. But that's normal. But there was no persona that I created through Instagram that he was interacting with. If there was limerence then, or infatuation, then it was naturally in the moment and not built up over a series of images. 
it was just a very nice experience to have, which reminded me, which made me question if this whole kink thing is, how did kink get, how did my relationship with kink get so important? Mm. Mm. And that, that, that question really played on my mind during our sex and afterwards. And it's actually been playing my mind for months now, but it's only articulated in the way that it has now. And is it that you've got answers to that question or you're trying to figure out what might be the answer? I'm trying to figure out what might be the answer. I've got ideas, and I think we explored some of the ideas in, in the second season, which is missing role models, mentors, you know, natural um, urges to worship, etc. But it's just still sort of plaguing me. So I, I, I still feel, uh, even with that knowledge, and even with some of the answers I've come up with, and some of the therapy I've done, I still feel that the kink has more power over me than I do over it. So essentially there's more for us to explore and this question you've got is really, I think, setting the tone for what we're going to be talking about uh, the rest of this season. Michael, your reflections are intriguing to me and we only got so far in seasons one and two. It's as if we haven't really been able to unpack a lot of sort of driving force yet. You know, when you're saying that you've only gone so far and it feels like kink is still such a force in your day-to-day. Mm. There are deeper hands pulling the strings. Mm. Mm. And I'm hearing you and thinking I, I kind of relate to where you're at because I've now been in kink for over a year and I do wonder when I'm in it. I just think, what what's going on here when I'm, playing these personas and seasons one and two have helped me understand it, like you said, but there's still big aspects of it that just feel like they're uncovered because it's just, it's, it's it seems to be things around intimacy, you know, like actual connection. When I'm playing the role of the dominant, uh, it's come out of a time in my life where I've become incredibly disillusioned with intimacy and connection. And so what, what am I doing? What are these props that I'm playing out so that I can still feel connected? Mm. Still feel like I can be intimate? Because right now vanilla is terrifying to me. Vanilla is associated with connection and vulnerability and also disappointment. Mm. And I think I've been going through a path of, oh, BDSM, kink. It's a whole other area. I could just exist in this plane of reality within sex. And what I've started to increasingly find is that there is disappointment here too in BDSM. There's also lots of fun, don't get me wrong. Uh, however, you could say this about vanilla as much as you could say about BDSM. So why is BDSM not as disheartening as vanilla then, if it's the same? Well, that's my question. Why is my preference to stay within BDSM? Mm. It feels safer to be in BDSM. 
It feels more like I have protection. Mm. It's a pseudo form of intimacy in, in, in some ways. I have the guy coming over soon and he's going to clean my room and serve me, etc. Is this the one who organises your underpants in that really cool way? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And there is some authenticity behind me, behind the hierarchy between me and him. There is authenticity behind that. It's a way to feel, if I scratch more deeply, it's a way to feel somehow in contact. It's a way to feel um, important. And, yeah, important. I was going to say powerful, but powerful for me has is too simplistic. Important is much more three-dimensional. And me engaging in these sessions just feels, as a dominant, just feels a way to feel, to feel something even that I'm desired or, I don't know. But it's strange because I know I am desired. By many, like I have many guys, many <laughs> buying my socks and just my socks. We'll leave it at that. We'll keep it PG. Why are you shaking your head, Indy? Unshake that head. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I agree. You do have a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah, so what you're saying is. <laughs> Let it out, Indy. Oh, Let it out. <laughs> yeah. Lifelong. But I, I'm getting old, Indy. I'm 34. I'm getting old. And the thing is, what really, really I held so close to me in this vanilla session with this 26-year-old at Manchester Pride. God, I hope he's not listening because that's the only person I hooked up with. <laughs> anyway, was that I felt I was being enjoyed for my looks while I was young because I just think for everyone what a shame it is to grow old and to have not been in a relationship <laughs> I, can, I can hear myself Indy don't worry not being in a relationship when your beauty is not at its prime imagine being enjoyed when you're young and beautiful Look, I that, partly hear you. Yeah. But I also completely disagree. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. What on earth makes you think that youth and beauty are the only things that coexist? Why do I have so many younger men actively pursuing me as an older woman? I'm almost 40. And these sexual encounters, it's like uh, you know, a one-off thing. Mm. And I love older, older women and older men. They've got a different beauty about them. Of course there's different beauty. I get that. Like intelligence and patience no. and kindness. No, and no, no. You're wisdom about and emotional integrity. I'm just throwing words at you, Indy, to sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about physical qualities of an older person. I'm not talking about. What qualities? They're physical qualities. They're silvery Listen. hair. Oh, silvery hair. I've got these guys saying, oh, my God, you got grain in your hair. I'm so, like, drooling over it. I'm like, 
What? This is a this is my problem as an indie. I just realised this is me and my own shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look. I I go around the streets. I don't go around the street. This sounds like I'm just looking at people. But when I walk around, I see these beautiful mid twenties, like thirty year olds, just beautiful. And I think, wouldn't it be great to be with you? <laughs> <laughs> and it all be good, you know. Yes, they can be, they can have struggles and stuff, but it's just kind of like to be with you in that moment in your life. If I turn 50 in my 50s or 60s and I see a picture of my husband when he was 30 or 25 and just think, wow, I wish I love you now. And that's why I married you, Johnny. But I wish. <laughs> that i don't wish but wouldn't it have been beautiful to be with you in your biological prime that's why i'm stuck at the moment and i can hear myself talk and i just think oh michael pull yourself together and start living your life I'm glad I don't have to do the work there because that's exactly what I would say. Michael, I feel as though <laughs> you're sitting up against the wall here. Is that all you can say? You've been doing psychology for over a decade and that's all you can say to me. Yeah. No, no, give me a second. Um... <laughs> Open your manual, turn to page, what to do in... <laughs> Okay, I think partly, you know, look, yes, youth and beauty, yeah, 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 whatever. We all get it. But it doesn't, it's not where things begin and end. I like, but when I look at those, yes, of course, I also, I've had play with a young strapping 22-year-old. I've had plenty of Tinder encounters with the younger population. And... <laughs> <laughs> In terms of sex, they're they're not practiced. They don't know what they're doing. I've got that's how I became a dominant, is because I had to keep telling these young men how to actually <laughs> please me. <laughs> Isn't that so, the cute part? Isn't that like no. oh No, it's a frustration. It's like, God damn it, why can't you just intuitively sense and be in the moment? They're too porn addicted. I'm not gonna go on rants here. But I could. <laughs> <laughs> Men of my vintage, the 40-year-olds, the, you know, late 30s, early 40s, that vintage, mwah, I've actually now, I'm going to, I've got myself a challenge, Michael. I was inspired by this horrible, horrible, <laughs> it's hard to even admit, admit, but a reality TV show. Which one? Single Wives. <laughs> no. Matthew Hussey gives them all of this advice about how to approach men. Anyway, it got me thinking because as a woman, I'm just there going, oh, there's that hot guy. I wish he'd come over to me or I know I would never get that kind of attention. You know what I want to do? If I find a hot guy and it's not COVID, obviously, because right now it would be inappropriate, I'm going to walk up to him. If I find a hot guy, I'm going to say, hey, sorry to interrupt you. Just wanted to let you know, I think you're attractive. 
and then walk away. Nice. Yeah. But aren't you just doing the very thing that you told me that life is, love is not what it's about, which is approaching someone because they're attractive? (laughs) Michael, life is full of contradictions. Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Might cut that out. Yeah. Actually, what? well, uh, I'm talking about anyone. It could be someone in their 40s. How do you know I'm thinking of someone? Because you're predictable, Indy. <laughs> oh, this joke gets nasty. <laughs> Michael, earlier I mentioned that I'm back into doing sessions. Mm. And it's taken an interesting turn. What we're doing is exploring this idea of cuckolding. And I had a really strong moment where it's a, it's a slave sub that I play with regularly, as I mentioned, and I was sitting on my couch and he was on his knees. You just yawned. <laughs> I'm so, like, desensitised. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and he... <laughs> And I started to talk about the cuckolding fantasies. And I took out my phone. This is a bit embarrassing to admit, but I did. And a lot of women will relate to this. We get sent dick pics. Mm. And so showing him the dick pics of other men. Mm. And humiliating him, saying that he was nothing like what a strong real man looks like. Wow, I like that. And I'd move from one to the other and then I'd say, see this man? He is a man. Nothing like what your little tiny... And the thing is, I say it's a clit. We refer to his down there region as his mm, clit mm. to emasculate him. Yeah, yeah. However, I'm now growing weary of that because mm. even a clit is great. <laughs> mm. So I'm having to think of some other word to refer to it. But, yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice to go into this whole area. And he's actually said to me, that he would love for me to have a bull because it's actually because it's true that he cannot satisfy me in that way. I'm now exploring polyamory. I'm exploring consensual non-monogamy. Right now because of COVID, I can't go out and get myself an actual bull, but I'm looking forward to exploring this dynamic more. That's really exciting, actually. Mm. I would love to be in that dynamic as the one to watch. I described a fantasy to this sub about him and I and a bull, and what I'd said was that he would be in the corner of the room, shoved right into the corner of the room, blindfolded, chastity cage on, whilst I'm there with the bull who's really taking charge and doing everything I want. Mm. And then I'll ask the bull to leave and I'll peg him, telling him just how much he's not a man anymore. Yeah. I want to do that in real life. (laughs) I think you can, Indy. I definitely think you can. We'll see in this season, depending on how things go in New South Mm -hmm. Wales. Maybe so. Maybe I'll come back with a story about it. I was going to mention, like, I don't really watch porn much at all, but the... If I do, one of the most watched is cuckolding. Mm. I find it very attractive. 
So listeners, that's a nice short update of where Indy and I are at. This season is actually going to be really quite intense. We're going to be looking at different dynamics of shame and how this can be an instigator into why at least myself and Indy engage in BDSM. So keep listening and we hope you enjoy our podcast. Oh, 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 oh,